Bibles tonight and turn to Hebrew uh, this morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't listen to anything I say except when I get ready to preach, all right? And, uh, but I want you to listen to everything I'm going to say when I get ready to preach. Uh, you know, in all seriousness, one of the reasons, one of the reasons that I wanted to be here today is because uh, God doesn't give me a sermon. God gives me a message. And I think sometimes there can be a difference. This is not something that I've went online and ordered from Nashville, Tennessee, or Dallas, Texas. Man, this is something God, this is something God has given to us, I believe, fresh from heaven uh, for our church, specifically for our church. I believe every, I, I believe every service is a life-changing service. And uh, it's that service that you miss that might be the service that was going to change your life or change the life of your child or change your marriage or whatever the case may be. And I believe this very well could be it. Now, I don't believe anybody here today is going to get the whole message. You're not going to remember everything I say. Uh, much of it you won't remember, but it could be there'll be one statement or one truth or one illustration that, that the Lord would have me to give today that's going to stand out in your mind and it could be it'll stand out in your mind and in your life for the rest of your life. And, and so I want to, listen, God knows my heart. Man, oh man, I've got a truth I want to share with you today. So Hebrews chapter 11, in your Bibles, when you find your places, let's all stand. If you're able, that is. And if not, then you remain seated. That'll be fine. Hebrews 11, and look at verse number 17, and we'll read down through verse number 22. The Bible says, by faith... Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be blessed, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Look at verse number 20. The Bible says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the uh, top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Now, we, if, you, if you kept reading Hebrews chapter 11, which we call the hall of faith, you'll find those words by faith, by faith, by faith. You'll, you'll find those words mentioned many, many times. But I want to draw your attention to verse number 21. And I was reading this verse the other day, and I, and I don't know other than just the, the will of the Lord, but this verse just seemed to reach out. And I'm sorry, verse 20 is actually where I want you to look. Verse 20, and this verse just leapt off the page at me. Verse 20, the Bible says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And I want to talk to you about that subject. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. And uh, I saw this like I've never seen it uh, before the other day. And I want to share what God has uh, uh, given to me. I'm not going to give you a, a lot of points. In fact, church, I'm not going to give you one point today. I'm just going to sort of hammer one nail the entire time that we're together today. And so you may be seated this morning. We're going to pray. And I'm going to jump right into this. And I hope it'll make sense to you. And I hope it'll honor the Lord. Father, we love you. And we're so glad to be here today. Father, the best that we know how, we're going to plead that blood that Ms. Lori just sang about. Lord, I do believe this. I believe that, that Satan, 
does not want our church to go forward. I believe that Satan does not want the truth to be preached and proclaimed. He does not want the truth to be taught. He does not want us to learn the truth. And so, Lord, of course, he would do anything to try to to take away from the service, but I pray that you'd not allow him to do that. Bind the powers of darkness, and Lord, I pray that you might keep them away, and Lord, keep your blessings within this place today. I pray that the Spirit of God would be so real, so tangible, that when people even come close to the property, they might not even turn in, but I pray that when they come close to the property, that they will feel the presence of God Lord, save the lost, encourage the saved, and I pray that you would use this simple but life-changing thought to, to work in our hearts and homes and our, pers- and our lives in a very personal way. And I pray, Father, that Jesus Christ might receive all the praise and the glory. Father, fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. We love you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all the Lord's people said, Amen. Yet I want to draw your attention to verse number 20. The Bible says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. I saw that the other day and I thought, wow, I never noticed that like I noticed it today. By the way, that's why we ought to read the Bible every day. And that's why you ought to be faithful to read it. Because just when you are not expecting it, the Holy Spirit will show you something you've never noticed before. He'll give you a fresh touch. He'll give you fresh bread from heaven. And by the way, it might be a verse that you've read many times, and yet you read that verse, and on this certain day when you read that verse, man, it's just fresh all over again. And that's sort of how Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 20 was. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. And I wanna sort of, I wanna sort of hone in on that very first part of the verse. By faith, uh, Isaac blessed Jacob. That word blessed there is the, is the uh, Greek word eulogio, and it means to speak well. You've heard of a eulogy. It means to speak well. It means to pronounce a consecratory blessing on or upon. And so get this now. So Isaac pronounces a blessing, a consecratory blessing upon Jacob and upon Esau. Now, I want to remind us of something that Isaac had not physically seen the blessings coming to pass. But by faith, he believed it enough to speak it. Now again, I wanna, I'm not a, I'm not a charismatic. I'm, I'm a Bible believer, but I'm just telling you, I, boy, I believe, I believe what I'm preaching this morning. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. Now again, I wanna say this, that Isaac had not seen the blessing. He had not seen these blessings come to pass, but by faith, he believed it enough to speak it into Isaac's or into Jacob's life. What are you talking about, pastor? Think with me. Isaac did not know. At this point, Isaac did not know that Jacob would one day wrestle with the angel of the Lord. Y'all remember that story where Jacob wrestles with God, basically, and, uh, and the Bible says that the angel touched him and his, and his uh, hip comes out of joint and he literally has, a, uh, has an experience with the Lord. Uh, but Isaac did not know that when he blessed Jacob with this blessing. He did not know that Jacob's name would eventually be changed from Jacob to Israel. He did not know that, but he blessed him by faith. 
Jacob did not know that, that um, I'm sorry, uh, Isaac did not know that Jacob would become a prince with God. And yet he blessed him by faith. Isaac did not know that Jacob would become the father of many nations. And yet he believed it. And he spoke it in to Jacob's life. Listen to this. Isaac did not know that Jacob would bring forth a son and that son's name would be Joseph. And Joseph would serve as an Old Testament picture of a type of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Isaac did not know that and yet by faith he blessed Jacob. Oh, I like this. Isaac did not know that one day in heaven there would be 12 gates And on those 12 gates, each gate would be eternally inscribed with the names of Jacob's boys. He did not know that. You're gonna see that one day when you get in heaven. And yet he did not see it. And yet out of faith, he blessed him. Now you say, Pastor, where are you going with this? In the same way, by faith, it's very important that you and I bless those that we come in contact with. You may not see it. You may not see the blessing. You may not see what God is gonna do in their life. But I just believe this. I believe that it's very important that by faith, by faith, that we speak blessing into their life. Now, uh, you say, Pastor, I'm not following you. Well, I believe you'll follow me here in just a minute, and this will get real simple, and, and I believe you'll understand what I'm talking about. Many, many years ago, when I came to Calvary, and I can't believe that we've been here, uh, here over 31 years, but many, many years ago, when I started pastoring, we had a, uh, we, we had a, a certain person in our church that began to go through a, a very, very difficult, difficult time. And I was a brand new pastor. I mean, I had never pastored before. I was fresh out of Bible college and uh, just a young man getting started. And, and I'm telling you, church, th- this is the truth. If I'm telling it, I was wet behind the ears and green and uh, had very little knowledge. And, uh, and, and, and this person who was older than me, this person I was going through a very, very difficult, difficult valley in their life. And they came and they said, Pastor, would you, would you counsel? Would you counsel with me? And, uh, and I said, yes, I, I will do that. As a young pastor, I said, yes, I will do that. I say counsel. We didn't really counsel. This person came in. I counseled. They cried. That's all they did for about 30 or 40 minutes. We had what we called a counseling session. And I talked and they cried. I mean, really, that's all they did. I mean, they were going through one of the deepest, darkest valleys they'd ever been through. And to be quite honest with you, this person did not feel like getting out of bed. They did not feel like going further. They did not feel like taking another step. They just felt like life was over. They felt like they just needed to end their life. And so they would come in week after week for counseling and I would speak and they would cry and I would speak and they would cry. But in those counseling sessions, I would say this, you're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. Are you listening? To, and sometimes I would say, look at me. I mean, they've got their heads down in their hand. They're weeping their eyes out. And sometimes I would say, hey, look at me. Look at your pastor. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Uh, you know, a, a wise pastor told me one time, you know, sometimes when you get down, you have to borrow someone else's mind. Did you know sometimes your mind gets cloudy and you don't see things clearly? But boy, thank God that God has given us people in our lives and pastors and mentors and teachers and youth pastors and people that we can come to and we can borrow their mind. And I told this church member, look at me. You're gonna make it. Are you listening to me? You're gonna make it. Sometimes I think I even said to them, I want you to say that. Preacher, I don't even feel like getting out of bed. No, that's not what I said. You're gonna make it. 
Look at me. Say those words. Say those words. I'm going to make it. No, no, no. Say it like you believe it. I'm going to make it. No. Say it again. I'm going to make it. And week after week after week after week, I said to them, you're going to make it. God is going to bring you through. God's got, oh yes, good neighbor, I'm getting more excited about this message as I go. I said, God's got big plans for you. God's not done with you. Your life is not over. There's another, another chapter for you. Hey, you got to keep on going. God's going to bring you through this. God's going to bring you through this. You say, preacher, did you see, did you see the blessing? No, I didn't see the blessing, but by faith, I blessed them. And by the way, just like I said, God did what he knew he was going to do. And God brought them through and God brought them to a, into a, an absolute beautiful, beautiful chapter in their life. Hey, I did not see the blessing, but by faith, I blessed them. What are you talking about, pastor? By faith, I have blessed the unmarried. I'm talking about those who didn't feel like they'd ever find a mate. And I've said to them, be patient. Be patient. Be patient. I know, Pastor, but I'm 20 years old and I'm an old maid. <laughs> be patient. Be patient. I don't know if my Hannah is watching today or not, but... And you pray for them. Boy, when things happen like this for the family, they get real, real homesick. And, uh, but we were down here in the old building and, you know, we, we had not experienced the growth, you know, yet that God is giving to us. And, and, uh, and she would say, Dad, I want a boyfriend. And I'd say, be patient, be patient. I know, but Dad, we're way out in Union Grove. I said, you be patient. And uh, oh, I know, but there's no boys in here today. I said, you be patient. I said, God, listen, when God is ready, God can send the right young man into your life. By the way, I still believe that. I still believe that. And uh, many times I have, uh, I have blessed those that felt like they would never find a mate. Sometimes I have, I, by faith, I have blessed the sick, those who were discouraged about their affliction and felt like they would never get out of their sick bed. And I've had to say to them, God is able. God is able to heal you. God is able to touch you. By faith, I have blessed the weak, those who felt like they could not make it another day. By faith, I have blessed those who were struggling in their marriage that God was able to heal their relationship. And by the way, I'm not just making that up. I'm not just speaking a bunch of empty words. I believe that we serve a God who can do exactly that. You say, Pastor, it's not right for you to tell people things that aren't true. I'm not telling them something that's not true. I'm telling them something I believe is going to happen. Because I'm telling you, church, I don't know about you, but I serve a big God. I serve a miraculous God. I serve a God that can do what other people cannot do. I'm telling you what, what false gods cannot do, God can do. What Allah cannot do, God can do. I'm telling you what Herod Christian cannot do, God can do. What Buddha cannot do, God can do. And I'm so glad that I've been able by faith to bless those who were struggling. By faith, I've blessed those who were struggling with strongholds in their life that God could set them free. And preacher, I've got this thing in my life and I, I just can't get out from underneath it. And I've looked at them and said, listen, God can break that chain. Yes, hey church, you believe that? Oh, yeah. yeah, I do believe it. There's not a chain he cannot break. 
He's the great chain breaker. I'm telling you, the Bible says he is able to pull down those strongholds in our life. And I looked at them and said, listen, don't you give up and don't you lose the faith and don't you get discouraged because there is a God that can set you free. And now that I'm getting a little older, a little older pastor, by faith, I've blessed other pastors discouraged in the work and I'm encouraging other pastors, younger men now, to stay on the firing line and don't you get discouraged and don't you quit. Don't you quit preaching and don't you quit pastoring and don't you bail out and don't you jump away. Hey, you stay in the fight and keep on preaching the word and keep doing what you're doing. Hey, when you get gray hair, you can start doing that a little bit more. Oh, listen to me. I'm, ta- I- I'm just saying this. I-, I-, I could not see it physically. I could not see the blessing, but by faith, by faith, I bless them. I want to tell you something, church. It is amazing, amazing how much power the spoken word has in somebody's life. Somebody said it like this. Words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. The words we choose and how we choose them can build others up or tear them down. The words we use can bring the community together or rip it apart. Someone said a careless work may kindle strife, a cruel word may wreck a life, a bitter word may hate and steal, a brutal word may smite and kill, a gracious word may smooth the way, a joyous word may light the way, a timely word may lessen stress, a loving word may heal and bless. Someone else said it like this, I spoke of word of praise today. One I had no need to say, I spoke a word of praise to one commending some small service done. And in in return, to my surprise, I reap rewards of mountain size. For such a look of pleasure shown upon his face, I'll never own a gift more beautiful to see than that swift smile he gave to me. I spoke one little word of praise and sunshine fell on both our ways. Dale Carnegie said it like this. You have it easily in your power to increase the sum total of this world's happiness now. Now. How? By giving a few words of sincere appreciation to someone who's lonely or discouraged. Perhaps you will forget tomorrow the kind words you say today, but the recipient may cherish them over a lifetime. Hey, church, listen, this is all I'm saying. Did you know that one or two wisely chosen words may change somebody's life? Now, again, forgive me for using an illustration that's not very old. But man, it just, it just fits. You know, sometimes a message like this is like a puzzle. And sometimes there are pieces of the puzzle and there are illustrations that just fit so well there. Listen to this. A blind boy sat on the steps of a building with a hat by his feet. He held up a sign which said, I am blind, please help. There were only a few coins in the hat a man was walking by and he took a few coins from his pocket and dropped them into the hat. He, he, then, he then took the sign. He turned it around and the man wrote some words on the sign. He put the sign back where the little boy's container was so that everyone who walked by would see the new words. Soon, the hat began to fill up. 
A lot more people were giving money to the blind boy that afternoon. The man who had changed the sign came to see how things were. The boy recognized his footsteps and said, were you the one who changed my sign this morning? What did you write? The man said, I only wrote the truth. I said what you said, but in a different way. I wrote, today is a beautiful day, but I cannot see it. Both signs told people that the boy was blind, but the first sign simply stated the boy was blind. The second sign told people they were so fortunate that they were not blind, and it motivated them to help. You know what? Just a a few words made all the difference in the world. Listen to this. Just, This is just interesting stuff. The English language language contains some 500,000 words. 500,000 words make up our English language, yet, yet the average person's working vocabulary consists of 2,000. So we have 500,000 words in our English language, and the, on the average, we use about 2,000 of those words. And unfortunately, out of those 2,000, quite a few of the 2,000 are not well-chosen words. So I'm just, you know, I'm just reading and reading. I'm just reading stuff, getting ready for this message. And I was just reading a story, and, uh, and it just happened to go along with this message. But a, a, a little family had moved, had to move away. Maybe the dad had to move away for a job or something, but they had to move away. And, and when they moved away, it meant putting the uh, children in a different school. And one of the kids was middle, by middle school, you know, something like that. And so, sure enough, they, they moved to this new town. They got settled in a house, and, and they put this uh, boy, you know, in the middle school. And the very first day he showed up, didn't know anybody, didn't know a soul, you know, brand new state, brand new uh, area, and didn't know a soul. And so he's, uh, it's lunchtime, and they're in the cafeteria, and, uh, and he's sit, sitting at the table, gets his tray, and he's sitting at the table all by himself, and nobody... You know, sometimes I just want to wonder, what's wrong with people nowadays? Nobody comes up to, to, to sit with him. Nobody comes up to talk to him until finally one kid walked up to this new kid at the table and said, man, your nose sure is big. Now, that seems sort of harmless. But that young man, I was reading this story, and that young man said, they said, you know, he said for the next, although those words were simple, He said, for the next few years, he said, I battled with believing that my nose was too big. Now, you say, Pastor, what is your point? My point is words have power. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat their fruit thereof. Listen, we have the power to bless people. We have the power to curse people. That's what I'm trying to say. Did you know there are many events in my life that I have forgotten just like you? But there are a few events where people said something, and by the way, they didn't even necessarily mean to do it necessarily, but they said something and it literally changed my life. I remember one time, my, my sister, my oldest sister and her husband, who was not her husband at the time, they were dating and he was over at our house and they were outside the carport there and I was just outside doing something, and I guess they didn't even know I was out there, and they were just outside, you know, like a dating couple, and they were just conversing and talking, and, uh, and I was 
somewhere within earshot and I heard my name come up. And I heard my brother-in-law say this. He said, I believe that Stephen is gonna do something with his life. Man, when he said that, I perked up. Now, he didn't say it for me. He didn't know I was listening, but you know what he didn't know? He didn't know, but he blessed me by faith. He spoke those words not even knowing that I was listening. You say, Pastor, did it make a difference? You better know it made a difference. Did you know from that time on, man, I didn't want to disappoint him. Man, he believes I'm going to do something great. I've got to do something great. Man, I can't waste my life. I, I got to do something great. I remember one time we were on a preaching bus when I was in Bible college and, uh, and, uh, and it was a bus full of, of, of preacher boys and our division leader was up in front of the bus and he was training us and teaching us. And um, I don't even know why he said it necessarily, but I remember him saying, ah, that young man right there, and he pointed at me and he said, that young man right there, he's gonna do something. He's gonna do something great for God. I don't even know why he said that, but he said, that young man pointed at me. He said, he's gonna do something great for God. I wanna tell you something. Words have power. I never forgot about that. I never got away from that. And to this very day, man, I wanna do something great for God. Hey, listen. On the negative side of that, no wonder so many kids are failing. No wonder so many kids are ruining their lives when they're hearing words like this, you'll never amount to anything. Boy, I failed with you. You're an accident. If there ever was an accident, you're an accident. You know what a lot of kids are doing nowadays? They are living out the blessing that mom and dad are pronouncing upon their life. Amen. I want to ask you a question. Who is it that you need to bless by faith today? Who's your Jacob? Where is your Jacob? Hey, this is not just good for Isaac. This is good for you. This is good for me. Hey, I want to ask you a question. What does your Jacob look like? Is your Jacob sitting next to you right now? Or maybe your Jacob is sitting close to you. How about this? Do you work with your Jacob? Are you married to your Jacob? Hey, is your Jacob one of your children or is your Jacob in your Sunday school class? Who is your Jacob? Who is that one that you need to pour into? Who is that one that you need to speak into? Who is that one that by faith, you need to bless them. You say, pastor, they'll never turn out for God. That's what I'm talking about. They need somebody somewhere to come along inside of them and say, hey, I believe by faith, God is gonna use you. God's got big plans for you. God doesn't want you to waste your life. Oh man, I'm telling you, who is your Jacob? Hey, is your Jacob young? Or maybe your Jacob is old. Is your Jacob a widow that's lonely and discouraged? And needs somebody to just come along the side, their side and say, you know what? I'm here for you. You're gonna make it. Is your Jacob hurting or struggling or tired or weary or discouraged or backslidden? You say, Pastor, I don't have a Jacob. Okay, you need to start looking for one then. Well, preacher, you see, I'm the Jacob. I'm waiting for somebody to finally come and speak into my life. No, what we need to do 
is quit waiting for somebody to come speak into our life and we need to take the initiative and speak into their life. Who is it that's struggling right now? Who is it that you know of that's struggling with a stronghold in their life and they are down and discouraged and they feel whipped and defeated? Listen, you know what? They need somebody to come alongside of them and say, you're gonna make it. You can beat this. Hey, are you listening to me? You can beat this. Hey, are you listening to me? There are things that are impossible with man, but nothing's impossible with God. Hey, are you listening to me? You can beat this thing. You can go on. God's got big plans for your life. You're not a waste of time. You're not an accident with God. I don't care what somebody told you in the past. I'm telling you, God has big, gigantic plans for your life. Words have power. Of course, somebody house walked into the Fernwood Baptist Church right outside of right outside of Dallas, Texas. And she walked into the Fernwood Baptist Church for the very, very first time and with her. She had her little son. They called him Jackie Boy. And they were as poor as Job's turkey. I'm talking poor, church, poor, poor. Lived in a little shanty of a house. Jack Howell said the first time he went to the Fernwood Baptist Church, he didn't have, and I know this is hard for us to, to, to fathom, but he said, I didn't, have, didn't, didn't even have shoes on my feet. He said, I went barefooted. He said, my mama worked in a cafeteria, a school cafeteria, and he said, we were just poor. I mean, we were poor as dirt. And he said, uh, mama's teeth had rotted out and some of them were black. And, and, he, and he said, for the very first time, we walked into the Fernwood Baptist Church and he said, we got there before anybody else, or at least we thought we did. And he said, all of a sudden, a, a lady, she was a beginner, I think, beginner Sunday school teacher, her name was Jewel Bethel. And Jewel Bethel walked up to Costomatia House and little Jackie boy, and she said, hello. We are so honored to have you at Fernwood Baptist Church today. And Brother House said, you know what she acted like? She acted like she didn't even see my mama's black teeth. He said she acted like she didn't even notice. Didn't I have shoes on my feet? And he said, man, she just loved on us and, and said, man, you're so welcome and we're so glad you're here. And, and then a little bit later on after she had introduced herself, she said, Mrs. House, she said, would it be okay if I take little Jackie boy to my Sunday school class? I'm the beginner Sunday school teacher. Would it be okay if I take him to my Sunday school class? And she said, yes. And, and Mrs. Jewel Bethel took little Jackie boy by the hand and she led him over to the Sunday school class. And then families began to come and kids began to come and the class began to fill up and all the little boys came in with their little white shirts and ties and their shiny shoes. And Jack Howell said, there I was, this little poor, poor ghetto, just a little ghetto kid. And he said that day, he said, when all that, that class got full with all those boys and their dress clothes and all that, he said, he looked at Mrs. Jewel Bethel and he said, Mrs. Bethel, and, and, and she said to the boys, she said, boys, I just came here today to tell you that God loves you. God, hey boys, hey boys, God loves you. And he loved you so much he gave his son for you. And little Jackie Boy House looked up at Mrs. Jewel Bethel and said, Mrs. Jewel Bethel, do you think that God loves me? as much as he loves these little boys with their shiny shoes on. And Mrs. Jewel Bethel picked up this little ghetto boy and she put him on her lap and with a tear in her eyes, she said, Jackie boy, I think today God probably loves you a little bit more. And Jack Howell said, those words 
changed his life. We have the power to bless. We have the power to curse. Similar story. Young black man grew up in the ghettos. Grew up in a single parent home. Didn't have a dad in his life. His mom was hardly ever at home working and trying to make ends meet. And so she was hardly, hardly ever at home. And so they were, you know, constantly caring for themselves. And uh, this young black boy said on most days he hated school and he would try to sneak out before the bus would arrive. He was, uh, was becoming very rehearsed and breaking into cars, knew how to break into cars. And, and so on a certain day, the bus was about to be there and, and uh, he was gonna sneak out the back window. And his cousin also lived in the house. And, and as, as he was getting ready to sneak out, his cousin said, you know what? He said, you might just go ahead. He said, go ahead and sneak out and uh, lay out of school today. And he said, just go ahead. And, he, and then he said these words. He said, you might as well. Because you're never going to amount to anything. And then he said these words, because nobody in this family ever has. And when he said those words, he said, man, it struck something. It's like somebody shot an arrow through him. And he heard those words, you're never going to amount to anything. And nobody in this family ever has. That young man decided he was going to do something with his life. He went down and joined the job corps. And one of the things they offered was boxing. He went to a local gym there where they taught boxing and there were some boxing trainers and, and he went to the head man there at the gym and he said, sir, he said, I've joined the job corps and I want to make something out of my life. And he said, I want to learn to box. And the trainer said this, son, have you ever boxed? He said, no, sir, I've never boxed a day in my life. He said, man, get out of my face and don't waste my time. And this young black man turned around discouraged and was walking out of the gym when an assistant coach stopped him and said, hey, son, were you serious about wanting to learn how to box? And he said, more than anything. And that assistant trainer said, I'll tell you what you do. He said, you show up here tomorrow. And he said, I'll be your trainer. They said that coach gave this young black boy his very first present ever in his life, he gave, gave him a pair of boxing shoes. And long story short, one year later, George Foreman won the Olympic gold medal for boxing and became the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Wow. You say, Pastor, what changed that story? I'll tell you what changed that story. Somebody came up alongside of George Foreman and blessed him by faith. I don't see it. I don't see you becoming the heavyweight boxing champion of the world, but by faith, I'm going to bless you. Ask you a question, church. Who is your Jacob? Who is your Jacob? Who is that person that you need to speak into their life? Who's that person that is, is, is as discouraged as can be? They're on their last leg Who's that Jacob that's wandered away from the church? Who's backslid? And you need to call them up or send them a text or send them an email and said, hey, I just want to let you know something I'm praying for you. And God's got big plans for your life. Words have power. Would you do me a favor and bow your heads this morning? Father, we thank you for this time that we've had together this morning. 
By faith, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. Lord, Isaac didn't know. He didn't know what Jacob was gonna become. He didn't know that God was gonna change Jacob's life necessarily, but by faith, by faith, Lord, he poured into Jacob's life. Father, who, who is it today? Where's our Jacob's at? God, where's, where's our Isaacs? Where are those here in this congregation that would say, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be an Isaac and I'm gonna find me a Jacob. I'm gonna pour into somebody's life. I'm gonna invest in somebody's life. I'm gonna come alongside of them and I'm gonna try to win them to the Lord. I'm gonna try to get them back in church. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to make sure that they stay away from the wrong path. Holy Spirit, today, I pray that you would do a work. I pray, Lord, that you might bring the increase from this message. Father, help us to find a Jacob today. We have no time to waste. Somebody is depending on us. Lord, there's a Jack Hiles that's depending on us. There's a George Foreman out there that's depending on us. There's a Jacob out there that's right now he's a deceiver. He's depending on us. God, I pray that you're working this invitation. And Lord, we thank you for all that you're going to do. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me ask a question or two. How many here today would say, Pastor, if I died today, if a heart attack, if a heart attack hit me today, we were in prayer room just a little while ago and one of the men brought up a prayer request. I think the young man was 54 years old and very unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord. If you were to die today before you made it out of this building, how many are here this morning and between you and God Almighty, you'd say, preacher, I know that I know that I know that I know that I know I am saved and going to heaven. If that's you, without anybody looking, you just slip your hand up right now and say, pastor, I know that I'm born again. I know that I'm saved. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you a second question, though. Who is here today who would say, Pastor, if I died right now where I'm seated, I am not sure that I would go to heaven. Preacher, I'm just not sure. I want to go, Pastor. Oh, don't, 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 don't take it wrong, Pastor. I want to go to heaven. I'm just not sure I would go. I'm not sure I've been saved. I don't have that assurance that I'm born again. Without anybody looking, if that's you right now, would you just very quietly, would you just slip your hand up right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. I see that hand. Is there somebody else? Preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there another anywhere? Can I pray for you? I see that little hand. Somebody else? Somebody else? Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray with me? Anybody? Anybody else? Would you let me pray with you? All right. Hey, church, I want to ask you something. Where's your Jacob at? You know, I, I got a feeling while I'm preaching today, God's laid somebody on your heart. There's somebody today, you need to pick the phone up and dial a number and you need to say to them some encouraging words. God's got plans for you. Don't you give up. 
Man, don't you lose the faith. Listen, don't you get out of church. Don't you dare get out of church. Listen, come on back. God's got big plans for you. God wants to use you greatly. We have some, we have some husbands. You know what, husbands, it's time to be an Isaac to your wife. We have some wives in here today. It's time that you be an Isaac to your husband. You say, Pastor, what on earth are you talking about? Hey, it's time you go to your, your wife and say, honey, you mean the world to me. I've not said words like that in a long, long time, but you mean the world to me. I, could, I don't want to live without you. You ought to go to your husband today and say, honey, I hadn't told you in a little while, but man, I love you. You are so wonderful. I'm so glad God's put you in my life. You know what? We ought to have some, some parents who become Isaacs today. And before this day is done, you go to your kids and say, you know what? I believe in you. I believe you're going to do something great for God. I believe God's got big, gigantic plans for you. Who is your Jacob? Where's your Jacob at? Where's he at? I, with heads bowed and eyes closed, and we're going to bring this thing to a close. How many are here today? And you'd say, preacher, right now, the Holy Spirit is laying somebody on my heart. There's somebody I need to invest in, somebody I need to speak to. God, while you were preaching, God was laying somebody on my heart. Pray for me that I'll be an Isaac in their life. You'd slip your hand up right now. You'd say, preacher, God is laying somebody on my heart. Yeah, wow, a lot of hands. Many, many hands across the room. Hey, listen, are you serious about it? Are you serious about being an Isaac? Then I want you to get started today. There's no time to waste. There's no time to waste. Let's all stand today. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Father, we thank you for this time we've had together today. I pray it's made sense. And God, I pray that you might bring the increase from what's, what's been done today. Oh God, help us to get rid of our, of our negative, discouraging talk. God, help us get rid of our critical talk, our murmuring talk. And Father, help us to let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Father, give us some Isaacs today at Calvary. And then, Lord, I pray you'd give us some Jacobs whose lives get changed. Have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, I pray. And Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Hey, if you are here this morning and the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart and you need to make a move for the Lord, I want you to come today, right now. Without, without further ado, I want you just to step out. I want you to step out and come. That's right, that's right. Just come on right now. God has spoke to your heart. Somebody, there's a Jacob that you need to speak into. Would you come while we wait, while we wait? God laid somebody on your heart that you need to pour into. Would you come? Would you come while we wait? Would you come? That's right. Come on. Come on. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I need to be saved, would you come right now? We would love to take a Bible and show you how you can know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I am saved, but oh, I need to rededicate my life to Christ. 
Pastor, I didn't even mean to let it happen, but I wondered. I strayed. I strayed away from the things of the Lord. I didn't mean to get out of the will of God. I really didn't mean to let it happen. But I got away from the will of God. And I lost my joy and I lost my fire. And preacher, I want to get it back. I want to get that back again. I want to rededicate my life to Christ, okay? Why don't you come right now? Just come on while folks or others are coming. Why don't you come? While we wait. Father, thank you for your blessings. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing right now. God, I don't know the decisions that are being made. And, and, And Lord, here's the great thing. I don't have to know. But I pray whatever's being done in this altar this morning, God, I pray that you might bring the increase from it. Oh, God, I pray that because of this time we've had together that somebody's life's about to be changed. God, give us some Jacobs, Lord, whose lives will be turned around for the cause of of the Lord. God, have your way. Help folks to be saved. Help folks to rededicate their life to Christ, whatever it may be. Lord, right now, I pray that you'd work, and we sure thank you. We sure thank you. We're going to keep our heads bowed just for another moment. And we'll sing here in just a second, maybe. I'm going to make my way to the main floor as well. And if we can can help you, if we can pray with you, hey, we're here. You come today while we wait. We're going to pause just for another moment. Time's not late. We'll have you out of here in just a few minutes. Would you come while we wait? You come today. Hey, church, let's sing this little chorus before we go today. If you need to come, the altars are open. You come. Let's sing it together. Ready? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And that thou bidst me come, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Amen, amen, amen. We're so glad you're here today. Man, I'm going to tell you something. That's what I love about this place. 
I'm serious about that. I love that about this place. Because when you come here, you don't get knocked down. Even if you come here and you've fallen, and we're not for being fallen, don't get me wrong. But people who come here, and they do, they come here all the time who have fallen. And I'm so thankful that I don't pastor a bunch of people that when the fallen come here, they just get kicked down that much further. But there are people who just pick them up and say, listen, it's all right. It's okay. Hey, let's clean you up and dust you off and get you back in the fight again. Amen? God's got big plans for you. Hey, church, last time I checked, God uses broken vessels. Somebody said God never throws the clay away. And so, boy, I, I believe God's got big, big, gigantic plans for all of you. So, preacher, you're saying that. No, I'm not saying that. I believe it. God's got big plans for your marriage. God's got big plans for your family. God's got big plans for your ministry. And so don't you let anything ever get in the way of that. Hey, listen, we love you. We're so glad you're here today. Hey, Calvary, let's make all of our visitors feel welcome. And, uh, and it's so good to see you in the Lord's house. We're going to shake hands just for a few moments, and then I'm going to head out. And we sure love you, and thank you for being here today. And uh, I'm going to ask Brother Brandon if he'll hop up here, and I'm going to have him dismiss us in a word of prayer. And hey, listen, don't forget to pray for the Raj family. They'll be here tonight. And it's been a little while. You know, ever since COVID, a lot of missionaries have not been able to travel outside their countries. And so it's been, wow, it's probably been two years, maybe two and a half years since we've had the Raj family here. So they'll be with us tonight. And so you come and encourage them in the Lord. All right, Brother Brandon, you pray for us if you would. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, once again for allowing us to be here. Lord, we thank you for the truths, Lord, that were delivered unto each one of us this morning. Lord, now it's our opportunity, Lord, to take the truth that was preached and, Lord, apply it. God, we've heard the truth. Lord, we've heard the truth preached and taught on this morning. God, may we now take it with us. Even, the, even this evening, Lord, may we encourage those that maybe are normally here and they're not here for whatever reason. Lord, may we reach out to them even this evening and encourage them, Lord, just to come back, to get plugged back in, Lord, to meet once again here at the church. And, and God, get in that sweet fellowship once again. God, I'm thankful for those who spoke into my life. Lord, I'm thankful for those who had prayed for me and invested in my life. And Lord, may we... Go out of here, Lord, and invest in others. And Lord, there's so much potential in this room. So many young people, so many teenagers, so many young adults, so many young families, and the potential in this room to shake the world for the Lord Jesus Christ is unmeasurable. But God, we got to get busy and do it. And we got to encourage each other along the way. The world has discouraged us enough and kicked us down enough. And when we come in this place, as Pastor had already said, we we'll have to lift each other up, encourage each other to get back in the fight, to continue in the faith, to stay steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you help us now. Dismiss us with your blessings. Lord, bring us back safely this evening, Lord, and excited to be here. God, bring us back. We love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen.